the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And the lifelong trader. This is the Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley, Minneapolis, St. Paul. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. More delegates are up for grabs today as Donald Trump looks to get closer to clinching the Republican nomination. And Nikki Haley continues seeking her first win. The former president is overwhelmingly favored to walk away with the delegates in the Idaho and Missouri caucuses, as well as a convention in Michigan. Managing to keep the government open at least for now, we get the details from correspondent Ron DeRoxford. President Biden yesterday signed a short-term spending measure that keeps one set of federal agencies operating through March 8th and another set through March 22nd, officially staving off a partial government shutdown that would have started today. The measure gives lawmakers some more time to draft and pass spending measures to keep the federal government operating for the current fiscal year, which ends on September 30th. Ron DeRockster reporting. You'll find more on these stories at srnews.com. Wally Langfellow and Eric Nelson from Minnesota Score Radio's 10,000 Takes, talking about Minnesota's 10,000 losing teams. Wild Wolves, Gophers, Twins, Vikings, you name it, we'll cover it. Will any team step up and give Minnesota's long-suffering fans something to cheer about? If they do, we'll tell you about it on 10,000 Takes. 10,000 Takes, weeknights at 5, here on the Biz 1440. Twin Cities Business Radio. Looking for a new way to give back to your community, learn new skills, and make a real difference? Consider volunteering with your local fire department. The majority of U.S. firefighters and emergency responders are volunteers, answering the call when their community needs them. Be part of a dedicated team of volunteers who step up and protect their community from all types of hazards. You can be the difference. There's no typical firefighter. Anyone can volunteer to serve their community. Volunteering as a first responder is really about having the heart and drive to make a difference where it's needed most. Aside from helping your community and being there for those in need, being a member of the Volunteer Fire Service provides many benefits, including an opportunity to learn new skills and join a family that will serve with you, always have your back, and train you to be the best version of yourself. Your community needs you. Will you answer the call? Learn more and find a local volunteer opportunity at makemeafirefighter.org. That's makemeafirefighter.org. Record-setting four-time Emmy Award winner Michelle Tafoya discusses politics and the state of our culture, free from mainstream media pressures. That means you'll find unhindered commentary and astute observations that bring greater depth to the topic at hand. Insight from subject matter experts and thought leaders round out the conversation. The Michelle Tafoya Podcast, free on YouTube, or stream via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. No! Come on, rise and shine. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? It's going to be a great year. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. 
The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. Is it safe? It's the King Banyan Show. This is a man. Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. My mind is a globe whirling transient nodes of thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Thank you so much for listening. I think I told you last week that this government shutdown thing that was supposed to happen wouldn't happen. And as you heard at the top of the hour during the news, because, of course, you listen to the entire 60 minutes, don't you? of the King Banyan show every hour that we're on um, that that they've passed the bill. So they've got it's not going there's not going to be a shutdown this week, although they're now doing this staged process of passing some bills now and some bills later. The next date that really probably matters is March 22nd is the second of the two dates where they have to get individual appropriation bills passed. They have talked about this, and this is sort of a, a red line for many people in the, for many people, many Republicans in the, in the House, is that we should go back to what should be something like a regular order where you pass individual departments with individual bills. Um, there are apparently six that are less controversial uh those are going to all presumably go through this week um i expect next week uh, to have some drama in it where perhaps uh because the margin in the house is almost 50 50 uh with the republican with the republican leadership actually only in nominal control not real control of uh of, of the uh, chamber i i expect one or two moments of uh, great uh of, of great drama where perhaps a, a few members decide to make some political point and uh, it'll be i'll be amazed if uh speaker johnson makes it through the month uh without at least having some uh some vote put in a basically saying a, a recall petition put in to say hey you're not very good we want a different speaker uh it'll be it'll be i i think that will happen though i don't think that's going to happen next week I think it will happen later. Uh, but the first set of funding bills that were supposed to be done Friday, yesterday, are not going to be done till next Friday. So they've kicked the can for a week, and supposedly those are going to get done uh, this coming week. So more drama out of D.C. Okay, again, if you if you offered me not necessarily very long odds, maybe four to one, five to one. We'll end up with one continuing resolution uh, for all of the bills. I think there'll be a continuing resolution for the the second wave of six, the six difficult ones. I'm going to bet they all get rolled into one at some point down the road. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven number to call with questions and comments. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven with questions and comments. I I was I I woke up. Um, I, which morning was, would this have happened? Uh, I woke up, uh, Wednesday morning to, um, an article, uh, by, uh, Nick Timiraus. Uh, Timiraus is a writer at the Wall Street Journal. Um, he has written a couple of, uh, not really biographies of Jay Powell, but 
insider view of the Federal Reserve that clearly relied on pretty significant access to the chairman. Um, and so when Timuros drops a bill, drops an article about the Federal Reserve, I typically want to see if it's doing trying to do something new, something different. And sure enough, sure enough, this one is titled The Fed Governor Who Proved Larry Summers Wrong. And I'm like, well, I don't know who that would be. Who is that? And the answer is it's Chris Waller. And longtime listeners of the show know Christopher Waller, we talked about last week, is a Bemidji State grad. Uh, okay, he's uh, so he's a he's a beaver. Uh, that was where his undergrad happened, and uh, and and so he has a Minnesota connection. And I mean, Christopher Waller it even sounds like a Minnesota name to at least to me as a person who's not from Minnesota originally. Um, but he's got a Minnesota kind kind of name and and. Looks like looks like a banker from Central Casting. Uh, does he look like a central banker from Central Casting? No, that that would be Alan Greenspan. That's that's the face of a central banker. Um, the um, or 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 I would I I would actually argue uh, um, his predecessor, who's Paul Volcker, would was also the face of a central banker. Um, Waller Waller just looks like a guy that works in banks. Um, and this whole article, and this is like, this is like a long piece, a very long piece that takes out this argument about the, the beverage curve, which I learned in grad school and then never used it in a popular conversation until about a year and a half ago when when the number of job vacancies rose to this extraordinarily high level and everyone was focused on the fact that there was at one point more than two jobs open for every unemployed person every person looking for work that has not com- reverted now it's not to the point where there's more unemployed than there are vacancies it's still a ratio of about 1.5 to 1.6 But a lot of the argument between Larry Summers, who we've heard heard repeatedly on the show, and I'm shocked that there wasn't a Summers clip available to me this week after that headline. I thought to myself, oh, he's going to find a camera somewhere to get on the record of saying why he thinks Waller's not right. Uh, He hasn't yet. I'm assuming he's maybe smart and taking spring break, doing doing something fun. Um, But... He's relied on a uh, relied on a, a piece of uh, uh, called this this thing called the beverage curve, which is the relationship between vacancies and unemployment, and using that as a way to think about wage pressures as well. The argument from someone like Summers and the way that I learned it as uh, and I'm younger than Larry Summers by by some years not a lot less than 10 years so we went he went through school about five six years before i did uh the way you learn the beverage curve was when vacancies are high wage pressures are high and when vacancies are low wage pressures are low 
And if wage inflation passes through to price inflation, then you can look at vacancies and tie that to tie that to the inflation rate with a curve that was written by William Beveridge back in the back in the back in the fifties. And it's basically a cousin, maybe a second cousin of the Phillips curve, which of course is in ba- has been in bad odor in in most economic thinking for the last fifty to sixty years, but is still when you talk to a policymaker, the Phillips curve, the relationship between unemployment and inflation, and price inflation, is always in the back of their head. Okay, as being something that, in the short term at least, has some explanatory power. The beverage curve, which ties vacancies to wage inflation, is somewhere in that in that family of of descriptions of the feedback loop between labor markets and commodity markets. And so he's been so Waller has been out there saying, look, those high vacancies can come down without adding to unemployment. We can bring the inflation rate down with and and by removing by cooling the labor market, but that labor market cooling will all happen in terms of vacancies and will not lead to an increase in unemployment. He's basically trying to deny whether or not there is such a thing as a as a beverage curve. The beverage curve saying that when vacancies come down, unemployment rate has to go up. And he's saying, no, there isn't. And folks like Summers, and the way I learned the beverage curve on it back, my gosh, 1981, 1980, maybe, yeah, probably 1980 or 81 was when I learned it. I didn't learn it in college. I learned it in grad school. That relationship was, um, that relationship between vacancies and unemployment was supposed to be a pretty good relationship that might or might not say something about inflation. And that's the way Summers learned it, and Summers is still thinking along that line while folks while folks like Waller were saying they weren't. What is interesting is I I found this, I was looking around for for some clips that were quoting talking about Waller this week because the the quotes from I can't I read a speech by Waller and I will talk about that later in the hour. But I wanted to play this one th- these two clips uh a little bit. One of them uh Kevin Hassett who was uh, on the Council for Economic Advisors for George W. Bush um back in the first Bush administration, the first W administration. Um has taken issue with this particular idea, which I found interesting. This was on Fox Business uh, earlier this week. Let's play cut six. I disagree. No, I was part of that team that, that chose Waller, but the fact is uh, that inflation over the last few months has been accelerating. And we also know that if you look back over the last 20 years, that inflation sometimes gives you like a head fake in January. And so I'm just, I'm right now a little bit puzzled okay. about inflation, but I'm sure it's way above 2%. Okay. And, and so the Fed should not be cutting rates right now. But I think that Waller had a big fight with Larry Summers about whether it was possible to yes. get it down this far. And Summers said no without unemployment and i think he was right about that yeah and i think by he i think he means waller's been right about that at least so far 
Uh, so there's a lot of work going on in, in that piece by Hassett, who who I've had the pleasure of knowing for 20-some years. Good, good, good economist. Uh, he was, again, on Fox Business. And the, the point there, be, the, the point being made there is um, that, that Hassett did, says, yes, we've been able to remove uh, some inflation without increasing unemployment so far. But inflation is still too high, and uh, that that certainly is uh, that certainly is something that we talked about in the last hour as well. Let's take a break here. We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. I'm gonna tell you a story. GodTube.com. Inspiration, comedy, music, faith, and fun. Get the best of GodTube every morning and start your day with a smile. Great faith-based videos sent to your inbox daily when you subscribe at GodTube.com, a division of Salem Media Group. We all know that aches and pains come with simply getting older, but it doesn't mean you have to accept it. That's why I want to tell you about a special lady, Leah from Ohio, and her relief factor story. One Sunday, Leah was sitting on the couch in so much pain, she was literally in tears. That's when she decided to try Relief Factor. Just eight days later, she found relief, and she continued to get better and better. To quote her, she said, I am truly amazed at this product. Like me, who after nine, almost ten years, almost a decade of low back pain, lost that pain thanks to Relief Factor. If you're living with aches and pains, see how Relief Factor, a daily drug-free supplement, could help you feel and live better every day. Get the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. It all comes with a feel-better-or-your-money-back guarantee. That number, 1-800-4-RELIEF, relieffactor.com. All of us love sports. But not all sports are created equal. College sports have big budgets, dedicated alumni networks, and corporate sponsorships. Professional sports have even deeper pockets. Millionaire owners, lucrative TV and radio deals, and merchandise sales. High school sports have you. Everyone agrees high school sports give us plenty of reasons to cheer. And now's a great time for us to give back. Supporting your hometown high school won't cost you much, but it will go a long way to ensuring the games we love the most are here to stay. Minnesota High School Sports. They're good for our kids, good for our community, and best of all, they're good for you. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Join me. Reading is fundamental invites you to visit rallytoread.org today to learn about our reading campaign. Join the pledge to read 100 books. Hear your child's favorite authors read their books and find activities to keep young readers motivated. Teachers can also enter the Rally to Read sweepstakes for a chance to win 100 books for their own school. Subject to rules. Visit rallytoread.org today. Brighten someone's day with a free e-card from the largest online Christian greeting card site, CrossCards.com. There's one for every occasion, birthdays, holidays, or just to let someone know you care. CrossCards.com is a division of Salem Media Group. Our day is night. 
Welcome back, Bing Banging Show. The Biz 1440. Thank you for uh, listening today. Beautiful, beautiful day outside. Um, currently 40 degrees here in uh, St. Cloud. Uh, looking, looking to get all the way up to 56. For the 2nd of March, I'll take it. <laughs> I will just take it. Um, supposedly 63 for the high tomorrow here in, here in uh, the mighty Granite City. The nitty-gritty Granite City, as it was called back in 1910. Just celebrated its 168th uh, anniversary or birthday yesterday. Um, so, yes, two important things happened on March 1st. The birth of St. Cloud and the issuance of Dark Side of the Moon. Um, those are both very important things to me uh, here in, here in, uh, here in, uh, in St. Cloud. Look, um, so... So Hassett talks about the Waller piece, and it's very interesting because I think I know what's happening. The Waller groundswell is about the fact that during the – I didn't play this part of the interview, but the, during the Fox business piece, you hear Hassett at the very beginning say he was on the committee that encouraged uh, President Trump to put Chris Waller onto the Federal Reserve Board. Um the first person that actually suggested that name to them is supposed to have been Larry Kudlow. Chris Waller is undoubtedly sort of a, a considered a, a more mainstream and indeed a little center-right type of uh, uh, monetary policy guy. Uh, he and, uh, and uh, Jim Bullard, uh, formerly president of the St. Louis Fed, now, uh, now dean of the business school at Purdue, um, Jim and, um, uh, 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 Jim Bullard, uh, worked with Chris Waller, made Chris Waller the, the head of the research department when he was promoted up to be president, uh, from that very same position. And you can kind of see here now, there's like, all of a sudden there are a lot of people paying attention to this one governor because increasingly the, the, the noise coming out of the Fed is there. I thought this was interesting. While I was looking for and found the, the piece from uh, Hassett, I also ran across in some podcast for, for, a, uh, for a brokerage house, they did an interview with Claudia Sam. Sam um, is now in the private sector but had been an economist at the Fed, and she was someone that had been used to sort of – you have something out there called the Sam rule which was used to sort of say when the unemployment rate goes up by half a percent, then you will see that the Fed will start to, to loosen up rates. Okay, that was considered, that became sort of like a rule. And that rule, of course, immediately gets violated once. And, and Sam herself says, it's really not a rule. The Fed doesn't do it. I don't, and she says, I don't know that I know it very well. But even she gets into the Chris Waller name check game here uh, as well. Let's play this for – I grabbed 30 seconds of this. This was like a 50-minute podcast, but I grabbed 30 seconds of this. This is cut seven. Uh, so one place, the job openings and labor turnover survey. I think the job openings number, while there are certain Fed officials like Chris Waller, governor, who just talk about it all the time, I think for a lot of reasons that's a pretty problematic series to interpret 
and yet some really good information the jolts are looking at the the quits rate the firing rate the hiring rate because these tell us something i think more about the dynamics the openings are a little hard uh, to interpret and and i tie that to a piece that also came out uh, uh friday morning uh from frequently quoted uh we, we've done clips of him uh, throughout the show here. Uh, Mohamed El Arian had an article, an opinion piece up at uh, Bloomberg yesterday morning uh, in which which is just titled a Fed held held hostage by data is asking for trouble. I don't think this is the problem. The Fed has said it's data dependent and 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 it and El Arian has said, I know we've quoted it many, many times that the Fed is, quote, too data-dependent. And I say, what does that mean? Tell me what it means to be too data-dependent. And he says, and the subtitle kind of gives away the game. High-frequency inputs on economic activity should inform and influence policymaking, not dominate it. I work in in a university administration. And we all want to say to ourselves, we're, we do data-driven analysis. We make data-driven decisions, data this, data that. You've heard me say on this show before, and I'll, but it bears repeating. Data is, is nonsense unless you somehow have a model in your head. Everybody has a model in their head. The, weather, the question is whether you can articulate the model in such a way that the data then start sorts in and helps you make sense of it. Because if you have no model, if you say, I've just, you know, monetary policy, well, the economy's a black box, and we'll just take whatever piece of data here or there. Okay, that is, to quote Margaret Thatcher, that is, to paraphrase her, extreme data dependency is the negation of leadership. If the Federal Reserve wants to lead on policy, if I want to lead a college or a university, right, I can't be subject to the whim of every bit of data. The data actually has to fit in a model which I can articulate and then say, this data does make sense to me. It, it, it goes along with what I'm seeing. This data doesn't fit with me. It doesn't go along with with. this data doesn't fit the model that I think explains how the world works. And at some point you have to sort of say, I need to change the model. And, but you have to have that. The idea is to have a model about which you have some confidence. And I think on this, if this is what El Arian means and, I tweeted it with the hashtag PoundKBRS yesterday. You can certainly go back in my Twitter feed, find it, read it. I think it's val- I think it's a very valuable, uh, very valuable article. What I what I see El Arian doing is saying, you don't seem to hold on to your idea of what the model is very tightly. I've had that criticism of Team Transitory now for going on three years. Oh, it's just goods inflation. It's just supply chain issues. It's just, right, supply chain supply chain pressure, according to the New York Fed, is now back down to zero. Okay? Then it was, well, the inflation numbers are skewed. They're biased because they, they mismeasure housing. 
Housing is still rising at 6%, 7%. Well, that's, that's for people who are staying in their homes. For people who are changing homes, they are, they're, not, they're not going up by that much, meaning new, new rentals are being discounted, are perhaps being discounted a little bit. I'm not sure that measure's right either. I, I have yet to figure out exactly what that argument is. But my point is Team Transitory has changed its tune two or three times looking for a way for themselves to be right and tell the people like Summers they're wrong. Now people are trying to take Summers and Waller and play them off each other because Waller said, yeah, you know what? You probably could take out some of those vacancies without seeing an increase in unemployment. Maybe there isn't a beverage curve relationship. Whereas folks like Larry Summers says, well, yeah, there's a lot of froth out there. We can all see that the labor market's super tight. As you try to reduce that, that those vacancies, as you try to take that out of there, you're going to get some unemployment, You're going to, and that's going to cause the Fed to have to lower rates. That's Larry's model. That's the model I grew up, I grew up knowing. Credit to Waller for the fact that maybe he's thinking through it and going, well, but the data doesn't really support that right now. Um, and, and so that sniping... <laughs> The sniping on Walla right now, I really believe that's what's going on behind the behind the scenes is should President Trump win the twenty twenty four election, Jay Powell will be up for renomination for he could be uh reconfirmed as Fed chair for an additional four years. I don't think not only don't I think he that uh, President Trump would choose him again, even though he was convinced to choose him by his by the same people that convinced him to pick Waller, the same the very same group, Cudlow and 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 I would guess Art Laffer and the others encouraged him to pick to pick Powell last time. I don't think Powell wants the job anymore. I think he's I I, I fully expect that sometime early in 2025, and I don't think it matters if it's Trump or Biden or whomever, you know, fill in the blank for president. I think he'd like to be done. He's just not going to step away until after the election. And that's the way in which the Fed is political. He's not going to go away until he knows who's making the choice, wants that choice to be fine. And I think the noise that it's that Waller might be the person that does that is actually helping Jay Powell think through, okay, if I stay and Trump becomes president again, he might appoint Waller. I kind of, I think they get along all right. I've never, you will never hear Chris Waller say a, a cross word about another member of FOMC. Um, but he's out giving speeches, and I actually want to talk to you about one of them, which is getting to the question that I've been talking about for some time, quantitative tightening he gave a speech yesterday i want to read you some notes from that as well we'll be back right after this you're listening to the king banyan show on the biz 1440 
Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past two years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates are available to you may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred non-tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 800-620-8909. 800-620-8909. 800-620-8909. That's 800-620-8909. Don't risk losing the trusted news, traffic, sports, and weather you get from AM radio stations. It's time to make your voice heard. We need Congress to pass the AM Radio for Every Vehicle Act to keep AM radio in cars. When Internet and cell services are out, AM could be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress to pass this critical legislation now. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to four messages a month, and you may text STOP to STOP. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Would you buy a brand new spa today if it were half price? The Biz 1440 has one brand new Dominion Spa from a local retailer, and we're selling it for half price. You get a $13,450 brand new spa, plus steps, a cover, delivery, and installation for just $67.25. There's only one available. Buy it from the retailer for $13,450, or buy it from us today for half price at $67.25. Call the station for details at 651-405-8800. There are progressive forces and organizations dividing us as a people and as a country. They stoke hatred and division to hide the real problems and keep us angry. We've seen this pattern repeat itself over and over again. We have to take a new course. And now's the time to return to our cultural roots of faith, family, and education. Over half of black students in Minneapolis public schools are failing, but black students in the same neighborhoods who attend private faith-based schools perform above national averages. Every parent should have the choice and the right to send their child to a safe and excellent school. And today, nearly 80% of black children in the Twin Cities live day-to-day without their father. That's four out of every five. Take Charge Minnesota believes that America works for everyone, regardless of race or social standing. Get more information by going to TakeChargeMN.com. I'm trying to remember where this comes from. I want to say it was from Lost in Space. Where the robot... Did the robot ever have a name? I don't know. I think he was just robot. The robot, which was, of course, made to look somewhat like a human with a, something that looked like a head and a body and arms and legs. You would say something to it and, and, and it would say, this does not compute. Recalculating. Recalculating. And every once in a while, it would fry a circuit board there'd be a puff of smoke that would come out of the robot. I want to say that's lost in space. Okay. My crack research team is working on that as we speak. Um, uh, it, 
because that's what's happening, right? There is a lot of recalculating going on right now. There are people trying to recalculate lots of things, but people that have models in mind, it, it, but with with models in mind. And in the during the break, uh, Don Don tweeted something at me. If if the it basically says if the data doesn't if if the data doesn't if the data is reality and the data doesn't work, don't try to make the data fit your model. Change your model to fit that. And I quoted back a quote that has been attributed either to to one of John Maynard Keynes, Winston Churchill, Paul Samuelson, Joan Robinson. I've seen it quoted by attributed to many people. I always stood understood it to be uh, Robinson. I because Sam, the, the Samuelson use of the quote is uh, much later. It's in 1968, 70, somewhere in there. Uh, but it was in a Time magazine piece. But I always liked his formulation of it. When the when the when the when I'm wrong, I change my mind. What do you do? Uh, is the way Samuelson put it. Um, it's a little more pithy. Um, both both Keynes and Samuelson were brilliant speakers uh, and public intellectuals. Public, you know. Um, the deba- the debates that went back and forth in, in Time magazine between Friedman and Samuelson are the stuff of legend. Uh, it, it just harkens back to a time where you could have these very high level civil disagreements. I don't know that they were ever friends, but I did see Samuelson and Friedman in a meeting together, and they were certainly respectful, cordial, pleasant to each other they weren't snippy and economists can be that way uh in meetings where it's just them when they sort of get to let their hair down and argue as economists with each other they can be kind of nasty that wasn't freeman and samuelson uh um i've seen samuelson several times but i think only once i see him with freeman um so anyway um sorry for the tangent but i wanted to get to this particular point this recalculating point you could hear it. I told you I had only one Fed governor or president to talk about. And this is Austin Goolsby, who's a little bit on the, more on the I'm waiting for data that would allow me to tell us we're going to cut rates soon. He's been a little more on the dovish side. But if you listen to this, you can almost hear that he's also recalculating, recalculating. Let's play this. This was uh, on uh, CNBC with uh, with Steve Leisman uh, on think thursday cut four and the thing that's that we got to keep an eye on because we don't fully understand why it hasn't dropped more is is the housing side and you that that what do you do with that we have these other private sector reports that show exactly market rents are coming down is there some anomaly why it's not showing up in the uh i don't uh, totally i mean uh, in a way i thought that mechanical hey it's just how the data uh, are computed I've been saying that for some months, so every month that goes by that it still doesn't start matching to the market's data, i got to reevaluate a little bit uh, what I think. But I still think mostly it is going, I, I think we're on this path. This is why I love Austin Goolsby, even though I'm pretty sure our politics are pretty different. He says, you know, hey, I don't know. I might be wrong about what I thought. I thought the inflation numbers were inflated by, were, were biased upward because of how we report uh, housing inflation and it hasn't happened yet. And so who knows, maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, 
So you can hear the recalculating piece. Let's play. This is just one more clip. This is Goolsby and Link and, and Austin Goolsby, Chicago Fed president, and Steve Leisman from CNBC. Cut five. Yeah, look, this is, this is a critical issue. So there's there's one worldview, let's call it, that you can look at 23 and say, yes, we had great GDP growth and unemployment didn't go up much while simultaneously inflation came way down. But that just because the supply chain was healing and it's not going to heal again. My take on that is we learned on the way up that inflation was more persistent from negative supply shocks because they spill over from one industry to the next industry to the next. And maybe that same dynamic would work this way as you got improvements. So the, supply, the New York Fed's supply measure of supply chain uh, index right. is now back to zero. It's now back to where it was pre-pandemic. But that the impact of that is not instantaneous. So he's still holding out hope that there's, there's still some, some disinflation coming. Uh, and I think there are some people out there. But but. Again, I think more people, particularly over the last two weeks and the PCE numbers that came in on Thursday, are indicating to are, are leading people, leading observers to believe that inflation's not coming down nearly so fast, that rates are not going to come down nearly as fast. You can just see you can just hear it. That's the that's that's someone who I think is smart, who maybe doesn't agree with everything I believe, looking at the data and saying, well, Yep, that doesn't fit my model. I need to think about whether maybe my model for how the economy would evolve, how my data would evolve, is wrong. And we're going to find out. We're going to find out that recalculation over the next over, over the next few weeks as the Fed gets prepared for its next FOMC meeting uh, uh, in in this at the end of this month, and we'll find out whether or not the Fed is going is ready to uh, start talking about things. What was interesting was while he's talking, Waller is at a me uh, giving a speech, um, giving a speech. Uh, I believe this was in, uh, I believe this was in New York. He's in New York giving a speech, and talking about balance sheet normalization, among other things. We know from the last press conference from Jay Powell after the last FOMC meeting at the end of January that the Fed said, we're preparing to talk about balance sheet normalization, the path of quantitative tightening as we get back to where we need to go. This speech is remarkable in its detail in terms of how he's thinking about things. And the market kind of went a little crazy yesterday over the lunch hour on Friday, over, okay, over the lunch hour East Coast time because Waller is talking about the ch- types of changes that need to happen. He says these two things. First, I want to see the Fed's agency mortgage-backed security holdings go to zero, meaning Fannie Mae's, Freddie Mac's, okay, wants those to go away. Agency mortgage-backed security holdings have been slow to run off the portfolio at a recent monthly average of about $15 billion a month. This is on, a, this is on an $8 trillion, an $8 trillion uh, balance sheet. $15 billion a month is not very much. 
because the underlying mortgages have very low interest rates and prepayments are quite small. I believe it is important to see a continued reduction in these holdings. Second, I would like to see a shift in treasury holdings toward a larger share of short-dated treasury securities. This caused the market to kind of go, whoa, wait, what? The Fed is saying, as it tries, the Fed is talking about, it's got a portfolio that has bonds across the maturity spectrum. One's in one-year maturity, two-year maturity, five, ten. I believe it's even got 20s and 30s on its portfolio. I, I don't know, I don't know the, the maturity distribution of their holdings, but I believe it goes all the way out to 30s. Uh, today's today bills, meaning a, a bond that matures within less than a year, are less than five percent of our treasury holdings, three percent of our total security holdings. Moving toward more treasury bills would shift the maturity spe- structure toward our policy rate and allow our income and expenses to rise and fall together as the FOMC increases and cuts the target rate. In other words, we don't want our balance sheet to be exposed to interest rate risk in the way it is right now. As we raise rates, we are killing our portfolio of treasuries. We're having losses on our portfolio that we're being criticized for not recognizing as losses. I thought that was extremely interesting. Um, And... He's, and he says, he's telling them, we need to talk not only about how do we get mortgage-backed securities off the portfolio. He would like to get out of that business. What does that do to interest rates? Well, for your mortgages, if the Fed's no longer interested in buying mortgage-backed securities and wants to continue to run them off the, off the balance sheet, that's going to make your mortgage rates higher, not lower. And then secondly, he wants to, get out of owning longer-term, longer-dated treasuries into bills, the three-month the bills, the six-month bills, maybe some of the ones, the one-years. That will have the impact of, re, of shifting the yield curve back to an upward slope. If the Fed gets out of buying 20s, it says, we're going to bias our redemptions toward redeeming more long-term bonds rather than short-term bonds, that has a significant impact on what happens as well to borrowing rates for cap- uh, commercial real estate, capital investment, mortgages. And biases it toward where it typically has had more influence like auto loans, credit card loans, uh, inventory loans basic basic uh, com- commercial and industrial if they're going to now move back toward that that's move back toward that that is just fascinating and it's the first time in detail anybody has come out to talk about how do we exit the quantitative tightening point with some with some level of detail telling you we want zero MBS we want fewer long-term securities. We want we and says one of the reasons for that is we need to get ourselves less exposed to to duration risk or interest rate risk uh, in our between our portfolio 
of bonds we're holding on the one hand and the loans we're making to banks on the other hand. There's a ton more in here. I, maybe I'll take a minute more to talk about to talk about that after these messages. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Mental health and substance use disorders are complex, stigmatizing, and can be overwhelming issues for families to face. Finding the right diagnosis and care can sometimes feel impossible, especially when you don't know where to start looking. Hazelden Betty Ford understands what your family is going through. Hazelden Betty Ford's patient access team will direct you towards a clear path forward in network with most insurances. This message is brought to you by Hazelden Betty Ford, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and this station. We all know that aches and pains come with simply getting older, but it doesn't mean you have to accept it. That's why I want to tell you about a special lady, Leah from Ohio, and her relief factor story. One Sunday, Leah was sitting on the couch in so much pain, she was literally in tears. That's when she decided to try Relief Factor. Just eight days later, she found relief, and she continued to get better and better. To quote her, she said, I am truly amazed at this product. Like me, who after nine, almost ten years, almost a decade of low back pain, lost that pain thanks to Relief Factor. If you're living with aches and pains, see how Relief Factor, a daily drug-free supplement, could help you feel and live better every day. Get the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. It all comes with a feel-better or your money-back guarantee. That number, 1-800-4-RELIEF, relieffactor.com. Be honest about who is taking advantage of us and keeping us divided. To be black in America today is to be labeled and used. But it's not because America is a systemically racist country. It is not. It is not. It's not. It's because the loudest voices who say they have all the answers are actually the problem. There are progressive forces and organizations dividing us as a people and as a country. They stoke hatred and division to hide the real problems and keep us angry. We've seen this pattern repeat itself over and over again. We have to take a new course. And now is the time to return to our cultural roots of faith, family, and education. Take Charge Minnesota believes that America works for everyone, regardless of race or social standing. Please help counter the cultural narrative by watching the film I Am a Victor this month. Go to AM 1280 The Patriot and click on the I Am a Victor banner on the homepage. And you can get more information by going to TakeChargeMN.com. Whether you're preparing for a typical Sunday morning or a special holiday service, you'll find an array of helpful, creative tools from Worship House Media. From countdown timers to sermon illustrations, visit worshiphousemedia.com. That's worshiphousemedia.com, a division of Salem Media Group. What is dedication? People ask, how your children learn how to ride a bike, and you didn't. I just created an environment where they taught themselves, and all I had to do was be there. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back, King Banging Show, The Biz 1440. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm bad to the bone, but various parts bad. I had to get, I had to, I had my uh, six-month uh, wellness check at the doctor's office and had a couple of uh, 
a couple of uh, shots that I had to get my, including I had, I was up on my ten years for my tetanus boosters. Man, that sucker hurts. <laughs> so, uh, coach, I don't think I can pitch today, but uh, but uh, I'm, I'll be available tomorrow. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. If you have any last questions about the show today, uh, the, let let me uh, let me just throw a few extra facts in terms of recalculating from a survey that I watch closely because we live here in the Upper Midwest. Uh, work done by Ernie Goss. He's a professor at Creighton University, uh, and and he does a survey that mimics the purchasing managers index which came out also on on the first on friday and showed uh showed some weakness there as well uh it declined to uh it declined to uh 47.8 where you need a 50 reading to sort of say that the economy is expanding um but uh but uh commentary that that i'm reading on that on that side uh we believe investors should remain cautious because as monetary and fiscal stimulus that made COVID lockdowns seem like a bump in the economic road wear off. Uh, that's from uh, Brian Westbury at First Trust. But the one that I read is actually just for this particular region by, by Ernie Goss. Dr. Goss is uh, director of the uh, economic forecasting group over at Creighton uh, University. And... He says the overall index for the upper Midwest, much like the U.S. reading, has hovered around growth neutral for the last three months. But additionally, supply managers remain pessimistic regarding the 2024 outlook, with only 14.3% uh, expecting a 2024 economic expansion. Over the past 12 months, Goss continues, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the region, the nine-month region, going from Minnesota down to Arkansas through that upper Midwest. You've got the Dakotas in there. You don't have Wisconsin, Iowa, Missouri, uh, Kansas, Nebraska. Um, I, I might be skipping a state. I apologize. Uh, but um, but forty. But they reported right. You don't have job openings, right? Job openings according to according to that Jolts data in the region. Down 156,000, 16.3% over the last 12 months. But the number of layoffs actually fell by 1%. Goss points out 43.5% of firms reported a shortage of job applicants. 13% reported that their firm was not hiring due to an economic slowdown. Here's what the supply managers, and remember I said my father was a supply manager, for many years for a plastics plant up in New Hampshire um, who said here's some of their quotes sales orders are down said one person quote the government tells us that inflation is way down but we are not seeing it unquote Um, difficult to ignore the problem with labor also difficult to ignore all the other problems including the tax of inflation and, and and so on. Um, and 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 so, this recalculation that is happening is confusing. There's lots of different pieces out there. I talk 
I read these data. I watch all the news, the national news. I read lots of different forecasts, particularly from folks in Chicago or Omaha or Minneapolis or or Kansas City or St. Louis, you know, St. Louis, Denver even. I try to keep track of. I want to know what's going on in those regional markets. I'm trying to recalculate that on the one hand. But I really love when I get to talk to local folks. We have a new business survey coming out uh, toward the end of March. The We're finishing up the uh, survey work, the field work, uh, this coming week. And uh, we'll start to pull our data together um, in, in about 10 days from now uh, and, and do some writing. My expectation is that this idea that we are recalculating and thinking maybe a recession is not going to happen in 2024, I'm going to actually be a little surprised if my business folks here in the community agree with me about that. I actually think they're more in the in the camp of what Goss's uh, uh, purchasing managers are saying. It's it they they're not seeing it, but they still don't have people applying for jobs. They still have job and, and have openings they can't fill, and they're still seeing inflation out there. It's a it's a confusing environment, and so. You know, I do think some people's models are being challenged and the smart ones are the ones that change their models, uh, change and say, you know what, my model might have been a little wrong here. I need to reevaluate it. Thank you so much for listening today. We are actually off next week, but we'll be back in two weeks here with another edition of the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. This is an urgent announcement for anyone that's $10,000 or more in debt. Before you make another minimum payment, you need to know there are special programs that can completely free you of your debt. Total Financial Freedom can help you become debt-free in months instead of years. Resolve your credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and timeshares. Call now at 800-533-6605 for a free consultation. For 16 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands get out of debt. You can feel confident when calling because Total Financial Freedom is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and a Christian-owned company. Don't get stuck in the endless cycle of payments. You have the right to get your debt resolved and substantially reduce your monthly payments. Call Christian-owned Total Financial Freedom now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605. 800-533-6605. You've heard of Heritage Christian Academy, but why do parents rave about this school? Using words like amazing, excellent, lifelong learner, experienced, blessed. Discover for yourself on Tuesday, March 12th at 7 for a future family open house. Tour the K-12 campus from classrooms to the sports fields. Visit with staff and leadership to answer questions and experience your student's day. Come find out why Heritage Christian Academy. For more information, search Heritage Christian Academy Maple Grove. There are progressive forces and organizations dividing us as a people and as a country. They stoke hatred and division to hide the real problems and keep us angry. We've seen this pattern repeat itself over and over again. We have to take a new course. And now's the time to return to our cultural roots of faith, family, and education. Over half of black students in Minneapolis public schools are failing. But black students in the same neighborhoods who attend private faith-based schools perform above national averages. 
Every parent should have the choice and the right to send their child to a safe and excellent school. And today, nearly 80% of black children in the Twin Cities live day-to-day -day without their father. That's four out of every five. Take Charge Minnesota believes that America works for everyone, regardless of race or social standing. Get more information by going to TakeChargeMN.com. I'm Scott from the History Unplugged podcast. History can be a bit of a tongue twister with its weird sounding names of people, places, and things, but it really isn't that confusing. History is the story of who we are and how we comport ourselves while soaring to victory in battles over forts, seaports, and cities that fortunately thwarted the schemes of villains and their blood sports, like the 1415 Battle of Agincourt. It's about legal battles in courts, about the contortion of torts over the retorts of consorts that turned into kangaroo courts. I exhort you to listen to History Unplugged on the podcast player of your choice, and you can listen to it while wearing shirts, shorts, skirts, skorts, or jean shorts. Is 1440 KY three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.